mercies for me every day. Your love never
That's right. It's bigger. He is bigger and better. Come on, we declare it together. I won't be shaken. Come on, sing it with me. Because I won't be shaken. to say that, amen, to come into this place, to say, Lord, you are bigger, you're better, you're stronger and greater than that mountain that's right in front of me. Thank you, Lord. Come on, we declare who we are. Come on. Before he spoke creation, the God of heaven knew our name. Formed in his reflection, we are his glory on display. in prayer church Heavenly Father we uh, we adore you Lord we adore you Lord for uh, who we are Lord and what you have called us to be Lord here tonight Lord in all our brokenness we come before you Jesus uh, some because we know some because we long to be closer to you as sons and daughters and some are here Lord because they don't know how to be your son and how to be your daughter Lord would you lead us and guide us in that Lord tonight cleanse us Lord tonight of all unrighteousness Lord cleanse our hearts tonight that, Father, we could connect and be one with the Father tonight, Heavenly. 
and be one with you, Lord. Lord, as we prepare our hearts for communion tonight, Jesus. So we declare today, Lord, we are your sons and your daughters, Lord. For Lord, every single one of us, Lord, I, most of us in this room have made that declaration, Lord, that you are our Savior, Lord. And so, Lord, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this time together, Lord, of worship, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Church, you can remain standing, you can remain seated, or you can seat, sit down, whatever you'd like, church. But you received uh, your cup of elements on the way in. If you want to get those ready, we're going to partake in communion right now. You know, church, um, communion, when we come together, church, communion uh, is to memorialize what the Lord has done for you and I. And so if you will, just take a quick second. I don't want to speak for you, but this communion is is for you and what the Lord has done in your life. But I want to read something to you before you take this. In the book of 1 Corinthians, church. So anyone who eats this bread, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drink of the cup. For if you eat of the bread and drink of the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you're eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. So at this moment, will you just take just a quick second, maybe just take about 10 or 15 seconds and examine yourself and pray that prayer and say, Lord, cleanse me, make me clean, Lord, that would be able and worthy, Lord, of take your communion. Will you do that just for 10 seconds? We bring this together tonight, church, because of the sacrifice that he made on that cross for you and I. And it means so much to you and I, the things that he has done for you, the way that he has redeemed you, what the Lord has done in your life, those kind of things, the victories that he has given you, and those hard times that he has brought you through, and everything that he has done for you. And uh, this is why we take communion to say, thank you, Lord, because had it not been for that cross, you and I couldn't be here and rejoice in that victory. Amen, church. So he broke the bread in pieces. The Bible counts to us when he was sitting with his disciples. He broke the bread in pieces right before, right before he knew he was going to be betrayed. And he told his disciples, this is my body, which is given for you. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Church, let's eat together.
the same way he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant, the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. Church, let's drink together. Heavenly Father, we are thankful, Lord, that we have come together, Lord, to partake in your holy communion, Lord, for the victories that are gathered together in this room, Lord. With our brothers and our sisters, Lord, nothing, Lord, is much more intimate, Lord, than sharing a meal together, Lord, and much more, Lord, of that in victory, Lord, with one another, Lord. So thank you, Lord, for your victory, Jesus. Amen. Church, why don't we stand and continue to worship? Amen. You can, you can give him praise right now. You can say thank you because he's just reminded you of that victory. Amen. We'll continue to worship his name. His love, come on. His love he lavished on us and called us children of the King.
of the Almighty that we are yours and you will never forsake his own that though we stumble Lord you will not let us fall because we are the sons and daughters of the Almighty thank you Lord thank you that we can stand in your presence that we can claim you as our Lord and Savior and as our Father how amazing it is how amazing it is to have a father like you that guides protects and heals lord we just thank you for the opportunity to be here to call you father to be in your presence lord a minute ago we sang the song that we are going to speak to the mountains and have them move because you are greater stronger than all of those things there are people in this place that come in with mountains, Heavenly Father, and they just sang that song declaring that you are bigger, greater, stronger than those mountains. Would you, in that place where they lack faith, fill them like you filled me so many times when my faith was just not quite strong enough to declare the mountain to move, to see the forest for the trees, to see the victory on the other side. Lord, would you fill those people in this place that are facing a mountain with the knowledge that they are sons and daughters of the Almighty and that you are greater than the mountain that they face. Lord, we just thank you because your promises in your word are always true. And there are people in this place that seek and they will find you and people in this place that knock and they will find you and we thank you for that. Lord, I pray for all of the many issues and trials that people face in their life, whether they're here or online or outside in this city or in this nation. Heavenly Father, would you just be in the midst of the mountains and the issues that they face? Would you break chains where chains need to be broken? Will you open eyes and give grace and wisdom where grace and wisdom needs to be had? Above all else, would you just make yourself known to your people in this place and to the people of this world? Would you just make yourself known in a powerful, new, and amazing way? Thank you, Lord, for all the things that you have done for us, for me, and for all the things that you're going to do right now in this place, I pray that you open our heart, minds, and soul so that we can hear the word that you have prepared for us in this place. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, it's so good to worship with you. I hope you enjoy worshiping with each other. Would you turn to someone and say, man, you have an awesome voice. It's awesome worshiping with you. I heard you guys.
All right. Good evening, my family. Ooh, what an awesome time of worship. Man, what an amazing time of worship. Can we just, just because he is good, can we give him just one more great? Man, God is good. Man, what an amazing time of worship with you, my brothers and my sisters. Manny, that was, that was awesome, man. That was so cool. Amen. Hey, family, we want to welcome you to the house of the Lord. Uh, this house is called New Beginnings Church, and we want to welcome you. My name is Michael Romero. I am your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings. And my name is Lena Mazarinich. I'm one of the volunteers here at New Beginnings. Amen. One of our faithful volunteers. Hey, church, before we get into it, uh, there's, there's just a lot going on. But before we get into uh, the announcements, special video. Come on. Roll deep. Today is February the 1st, and I am celebrating that I haven't felt better this entire time of my recovery. Today I had a breakthrough. They've been working me hard, real hard physical therapy, but I've been doing good. Cindy and Ashley are by my side taking care of me. I'm really getting stronger and stronger. Thank you for your continued flood of prayers and support and love that you've shown. Thank you for your attendance. Thank you for Let's go your and get that started all over again. Can we start there from the beginning? Meeting. Don't forget. All right, let's go. Where's my sound guy? Today is February the 1st, and I am celebrating that I haven't felt better this entire time of my recovery. Today I had a breakthrough. They've been working me hard, real hard physical therapy, but I've been doing good. Cindy and Ashley are by my side taking care of me. I'm really getting stronger and stronger. Thank you for your continued flood of prayers and support and love that you've shown. Thank you for your attendance. Thank you for your service. And thank you for your faithful giving. Don't forget, on the 10th, we have food distribution, and I need you to show up to be there. Pray for me. I see my doctor tomorrow. I'm praying for a good report. I love you guys. Talk to you soon. Amen. You see? You guys only remember the sound guy when it doesn't work, right? Yeah, but you never say thank you when everything is perfect, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> God bless him. Amen. Uh, we love you, Hector. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Matt Pastor, it's always, it's always a breath of fresh air when we get to see him, hear his voice. And Matt Pastor Richard, we love you. I'm sure he's watching. Pastor, we love you. We miss you. And, um, but church, uh, as, as he, you heard it from him, he'll be, he'll be uh, having some doctor's appointments, and hopefully he's coming back into the city soon. And hopefully, uh, I don't know, uh, make, maybe making an appearance. I don't know. I can't promise I anything. I know he's still working. I got an email from him today. Did so you? He's still, he's still at What? He's not in person. What? Yeah. He doesn't know how to do that. What? <laughs> he, he usually takes a lot of time off. Are you crazy? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> hey, church, but uh, thank you, Pastor Richard, for that update. We really needed it. It was really, really good to hear from you. Hey, church, a couple of other things that are going on. Um, ladies, 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 tell us what's going on. Manny, tell us what's happening. Where are my ladies in the room? Woo! Okay, okay. I uh, love the energy. Uh, oh, my goodness. Y'all are on top of it tonight. Must have been a good day, huh? That's awesome. So, uh, ladies in the room, we want to let you know this Saturday, February 4th, we're having our sisterhood brunch here at the church. It's going to be starting at 10.30 in the morning, and our speaker is going to be Miss Aleria Alfaro. Yes, I hope I said her name right. I'm so sorry if I butchered it. 
but it is going to be such an amazing time. These potlucks are such a great opportunity for you ladies to get connected with each other. Invite your sisters, invite your friends from work, invite your moms even. We want to be able to bring, make this a time where you can connect with each other and you can connect other people with this congregation because the best thing we can do and the thing that we should always be striving for is to share that love of Christ within our church and outside of it as well. So, ladies, Amen. very we'll important see you on point Saturday. right there, Lena, because it's not an exclusive club. It's a very right. inclusive club. Mm -hmm. So, it's not just for, hey, you don't go to church here. It's not for you. Um, come on, somebody give a shout if that's not who we are, right? That is not who we are. Right. We love to invite people into our family. And so if you have a sister or somebody that you're mentoring, ladies, somebody that you know would love to be just around other women of God and just hear others who have maybe been through the struggles or maybe just need a love lifting word. Maybe they just need to get out the house. You know, maybe they just want to do that. That's fine. Uh, bring them to sisterhood. Potluck style, don't forget. Uh, and so it is a competition, ladies, so cook your very best. Okay? Right. Cook your very That's best. Right. And so, and for the men, you don't get to stay too far behind because the following week, the 11th, is the men's breakfast. Okay? So that sounds like a competition to me, too. All right? Get two or three guys together. Everything's a competition. <laughs> All right? So, hey, guys, uh, aside from that, uh, NB Kids is hosting their annual Valentine's Day Parents and Family Night Dance for Valentine's Day. So, Lena, talk to us a little bit about that. What happens? Yeah, absolutely. So, February 11th, that's going to be not this Saturday, but the following Saturday at 6 p.m., they're going to be having their Valentine's dance. This is going to be, a, it's a free event for parents and guardians. Please bring your kids. Mm -hmm. And again, this is an outreach as well. So, invite other parent, parental friends that you have, have them bring their kids. It's going to be a, a great time to really be able to hang out with your kids converse with them outside of just the home. I mean, I know when I'm in my home, or when I was in my home growing up with my with my parents, it was always kind of little, little rough around the edges, so being able to get out in environments <laughs> where we could kind of loosen up with each other and have, and have a great time and really uh, just be real with each other, it was right. always really nice. So parents, you are invited, guardians, you are invited, and your kids are invited as well. That's right. Where my B-boys at? You guys can show off them. Mm, mm. You guys ready? Huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Bring your slow motion sprinklers, you know? Come on. Yeah, you guys can show it off. Yeah. Well, you guys can do that. You guys can do that. <laughs> family, family dance night that night on February the 11th. That's going to be for the entire family. Invite you guys. Invite you, not just the, the kids that you oversee, but their friends. Mm -hmm. Invite them into the house of God. Invite them as well. Invite them. Amen. And so family, finally, uh, Pastor Richard touched on it, uh, even from Lubbock, Texas, because that's just what he does. Mobile food distribution on February the 10th. And so we want you to mark your calendars for these dates and, because we do need volunteers for that. So in case you might have that day off and you might be able to help volunteer, uh, we, we would really appreciate that. So if you can volunteer, uh, we'd really appreciate you to come in around 10 o'clock and check in with Sister Jessica at the front office because we really need the help. Uh, things like that. And then also the other thing we, wanna, we want you to make sure and go ahead and uh, mark your calendars for is February 11th is also uh, a child dedication. So if you have not yet dedicated your child and you said, hey, how do I do that or what is that all about? Uh, get a hold of us. And so if we just go ahead and 
get that QR, QR code up on the screen. Talk to us. Ask us about it. Hey, say, hey, what is child dedication like? What does that mean here? Um, is it like baptizing the kids? Is it like doing this? Hey, just get a hold of us. We would love to connect mm-hmm. with you and, and, and uh, just uh, really educate you on some of that. And that way we can get you involved in how to do that and make sure you make a good, sound decision. Okay? And always, if you're interested in volunteering, do we need volunteers in New Beginnings? And that is a resounding yes. And if you are interested in getting involved, that is a good way. That QR code that's behind me and on your screen at home, it's a good way just to scan that with your phone and connect with us and say, hey, I want to volunteer at NBC. And we would love to connect with you and put you right in the department, right where you're going to shine and where you're going to excel. Amen. 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 Awesome. Amen. And church, we say it every week, and it's because we mean it. None of this would be Thank possible you. without you. your faithful tithes and offerings. If you'd like to give tonight, we have text to give. You can also give online or through our app. And we also have tithing boxes at every exit here in the sanctuary. Thank you for that. And so now tonight, like we had mentioned, um, Pastor Richard is, is obviously still out. And so tonight's speaker, let me introduce him. Um, one of our very own young, young man who loves, loves, loves the Lord. Mm-hmm. He leads our young adults ministry. He loves, the, he has a passion for this church, has a passion for you, has a passion for the next generation. He's just months away from his ordination. So we can, can we celebrate that? He's just months away from being fully ordained in the church of God. And he is excited to bring the word tonight. Somebody who I will be calling my son-in-law pretty soon. Bring him to the stage. AJ Coley, bring it on by, my brother. <laughs> yeah, bring it on by. Welcome, AJ Coley, to the pulpit. <laughs> Thank you. How's it going, church family? <laughs> I hope it's all right. I call you guys family. Uh, they say that. They say that blood doesn't really make you family, but I beg to differ. I think there's one blood that makes us family, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Church, it's an honor to serve you. It's always been an honor to serve you here on the stage when I'm here or out there talking with you guys. Um, I can't describe how much joy it brings me. um, And seeing God do amazing works in all of your guys' life, I got to talk to and meet with some of you. uh, ever, Ever since I've started here at this church, I gave my life to Christ back in 2018. Started serving right away. And God has just been amazing ever since then. He's been moving in. He's been moving in all of your guys' life. Um, I want to thank Pastor Richard, of course, to entrust you guys, the congregation, to bring this word, this message that I have tonight that he gave me to bring you guys. Um, We've been doing this series called Unmovable. How many of you know that life isn't easy sometimes? How many of you know that sometimes storms come unexpectedly? Life throws a curveball at you sometimes. I've been given the opportunity to bring you this message um, that I wasn't, I wasn't really sure how to convey this message, how um, I was going to be able to teach it. And I, I had to think, it, tonight we're going to be talking about peace, unmovable peace. When we have God on our side, we can always be shaken, but we will never fall if we have that peace, Amen. And so I was thinking, where, where have I seen peace? 
Where have I seen peace in my life? Where have I seen God put peace, bring peace into my life? And I realized that all I've known in my life is chaos. All in my life I've known is chaos in last minute changes, curveballs. That's all my life has been. And I'm sure you guys have experienced the same exact thing, that life isn't perfect. And when we think of peace, we think of all different types of things. Uh, if you're a parent, if you're a parent of small children or you have a teenager, they're in high school or middle school, and you have, you have, I'm sorry, youth. <laughs> youth may be excused. I'm not used to that. <laughs> if you are in youth, they have their own worship and teaching. You may be excused. The future generation. All right. So unmovable peace, parents. When you, if you have, if you have children, you, um, they have brothers and sisters. They're constantly fighting and bickering, and they're fighting about stupid things, petty things that are literally no big deal. And finally, when they're just going at it all day, in the car, at the store, and the dog bit the cat, and dad kicked the dog, and the house is just in total chaos. Finally, mom or dad, you finally say, "I need peace and quiet." Everyone go to your rooms, five minutes, 10 minutes. I need some peace and quiet. I'm done. Am I right? Or is that just my parents? Okay. (laughs) Um, When we think of peace, we think of that someone who's really grounded in the Lord that we run to when we need to vent, when we need someone to pray for us. Um, We have someone that is our peace. They are our peace. They are our rock. For a lot of us, that may be your husbands, your wives, your boyfriends or girlfriends. Um, Pastor, Richard, or Pastor Michael just said, I'm about to be his son-in-law. I'm getting married in September. Um, yeah. Adrienne, she's my rock. She is my peace. I go to her for everything. She loves me. She comforts me. She's assuring. She's reassuring. I love her to death, and she loves me. At least I hope she does. Because if not, she has 234 days to change her mind. (laughs) But she is my peace. I go to her when I need, and she prays with me. But there are times where we're together, and I just close my eyes. And I, anyone do this when when you're just so irritated, and you just kind of squeeze the bridge of your nose? I believe that there's a that there's some type of science where if you do this motion, if you just kind of rub your eyes back in place and then squeeze, it keeps your eyes from coming out. I'm a firm believer of that. But sometimes, <laughs> sometimes when her and I are together and she's getting on my last nerve, I squeeze, I, I squeeze the bridge and I say, Adri, just pick a place to eat, please. I don't care. We're hungry. We're on the verge of hangry. I don't care. I'm starving. Just pick a place to eat. Or I do the same thing. Adri, I don't know. I don't know why I parked there, Adri. It was the first parking space that I saw open. You drive next time. <laughs> she does the same thing too. She, she, she'll do the same thing. She'll squeeze the bridge of her nose and she'll go, Anthony, James, for the love of God, chew with your mouth closed. Chew with your mouth closed. Sometimes that peace is lost, right? 
Church, we need peace in our lives. Because like I just said, life throws curveballs. Storms come. Mountains come. Some of you just got out of a storm just now. And you're probably wondering, why didn't I, why, why didn't I hear this teaching two weeks ago or last week or yesterday? Some of you are smack middle in the storm right now. And that's what you need. You need peace knowing that everything's going to be okay. Some of you are about to enter a storm. You see it. It's out there. It's not here yet, but you see it. You see it coming. And you know that you're going to have to conquer that. That's what we're going to learn tonight, that we need that peace. We need to know that no matter what kind of curveballs life throws at us, that we have God on our side. And if we have God on our side, who can ever be against us? Amen? In the book of Philippians, <coughs> excuse me, in the book of Philippians chapter four, Paul is writing this letter. In Philippians chapter four, verses one through nine, Paul writes, therefore, my brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. Now I appeal to Eodia, and Syndicate, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. So clearly there's some fighting going on. Wherever Paul is writing this to, there's, there's conflict. Things are uneasy. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women. Sometimes when, when there's no peace, when... when when people are fighting, when there's conflict, we need other people to intervene. That's where we, as Christians, as followers of Christ, that's when we need to step in because we should be grounded, knowing how to handle conflict, knowing, knowing how, to, how to share that peace when struggles come. And it says, it says, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with, with Clement and the rest of my coworkers whose names are written in the book of life. This is where it starts. Always be, joy, be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Sometimes that's easier Said than done, right? Don't worry. Take it easy. It's going to be all right. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then 
the God of peace will be with you. Heavenly Father, we need your peace now. Lord, in a nation that's so divided by worldly ideas, we need your peace in our family, in our marriage, in our relationships, in our finances, in the storm that we're in, God. Lord, let us hear and learn how to obtain this peace that you have for us tonight. Because we need it so badly. We're so shaken, God. But we know that we won't fall because of you. We thank you. In Christ's name, amen. So church, how do we get this? How do we obtain that state of peace? Like I said, I just named a different different types of peace that we think about when we hear the word peace, but I believe that God gives a really meaningful definition of peace, and a, a more obtainable peace that we can have that can only be found through him. And it's a peace where we know that everything's going to be okay. All my life, and I'm sure yours too, out of all the curveballs that have been thrown, I just wanted to know that everything was going to be okay. When my grandpa died, it was the first time in my life I experienced loss. And I just wanted to know that he was going to be okay. That my family was going to be okay. So how do we do this? The first thing we have to do is we have to make and keep our peace with God. You need to make peace with God and you need to be able to maintain it. Do you understand that when we sin, it separates us from him? When we sin, we are not right with God when we, when we sin against him. And if you're not right with God, how can you be able to make right or make amends with someone else if you can't even make amends with a man upstairs? And maybe you've already made amends with that person already, but you, you are still not right with God. You won't be able to carry on. You won't be able to continue and move on in life because you're gonna be holding on to that guilt. You're gonna be holding on to, to, that, to that guilt and that shame. If you keep hold, holding on, Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24 says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Ask God. Because sometimes we do things and we don't even know that we're disobeying God. We don't even know that we're offending God. So we always need that constant reminder. We always need that connection, that vertical connection. God, at the end of the day, God, if I messed up today, forgive me. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Prepare me for tomorrow. Prepare me for the next situation. We have to make right with God. We, we need not only this horizontal relationship that we have with one, another, we, with one another, we need that vertical relationship too. We need to be able to reach up. Then we need to be able to reach into our hearts and find who we are, how, how we deal with chaos so that we can reach out and share it with others. Because God didn't mean for any of us to go through this life alone. Amen? 
And when we confess, when we confess to God, see, God is all-knowing. He knows what we did wrong. But when we, when, when we say it, when we pray to him and we say it, it helps us acknowledge our sin too. It helps us when we're able to say it. It's almost like when you need to remember something. I don't know about you guys, but when I need to remember something, I say it. I say it out loud. Uh, I repeat it or I'll say it as I'm writing, taking notes, whatever. When we are able to confess and actually say it with our words, it helps us. It, re- it releases this pressure, this weight off our shoulders when we actually say it. First John chapter nine or chapter one, verse nine says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. In Psalm 32, verse three, it says, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Some of us walked in today, we sinned before we even came into church today. Or we've been living the secret life. We, we, we've, been, we've been doing the sin that no one else knows. We haven't told anybody. You haven't told your husband. You haven't told your wife. You haven't told your, your friends, a trusted leader. It's just you and God. You and God are the only ones that know. And it's eating you up inside because you know that you shouldn't be doing this thing because you know it's keeping you away from God and all his promises and his peace, but it's eating you up. You have to let go of that church. You have to let go of that. You have to release it or else you're not gonna be able to experience that peace. So that's why it says, Psalm 32, verse three, it says, when I refused to confess my sin, my body was wasted away and I groaned all day long. But then jumping to verse five, it says, finally, finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Amen. In Genesis chapter three, it's when sin first entered the world. Sin first entered the world in Genesis chapter three, when Adam and Eve took a bite uh, from the fruit. And they did the one thing that God asked them to do. God made this perfect place for, for everyone. And they went because they didn't read the syllabus that said, don't eat from this tree. And so when they did, they hid, they felt guilty. That's what it says in Genesis chapter three. And when they, when they hide, God is walking, literally walking here on earth with humans, walking through the garden. And he calls out to Adam, where are you? God's still knowing what Adam and Eve did. That's why he's there. God calls out, where are you? He's giving them a chance to confess what they did. And Adam says in verse 10, he says, I heard you walking through the garden, so I hid. And I was afraid. I was afraid because I was naked. Church, Adam wasn't afraid because he was literally naked. With no clothes, everything was out. He wasn't scared. It was normal. 
he was naked, when it says that he was naked, it means that that guilt was shown. He felt guilty. He felt unworthy to even be seen by God because he disobeyed, because he sinned against God. So that's why he says, I was afraid because I was naked. He was scared. He was guilty. He felt guilty. He felt unworthy. But then God says this in verse 11. God says, who told you that you were naked? God says, who told you you were unworthy? Who told you that you were unworthy to be called my child? Who told you that you were unworthy to not have or to have? Who, who told you that you were unworthy to not have what I have to offer you? Church, you are worthy. You are worthy to be forgiven and you are worthy to become his son, his daughter, to be adopted into his family by Jesus Christ. So that's the first thing we need to do. We need to confess. We need to make and keep that peace with God. The second thing we need to do is don't give up your peace for relational pettiness. In other words, don't give up your peace over being petty. Stop fighting over things that are so, that are not worth fighting over. I grew up with uh, three siblings. There are four of us. And we used to fight over the dumbest things all the time. I can't even remember or recall a time that we didn't fight. It was always chaos in our house. When we were little, we used to, we, uh, we watched a lot of TV. Um, uh, the three of us, because my older brother, uh, he didn't really, li- he was off and on living with us. But Wally and Zoe, you guys know them. We, we all, we like to watch TV and we like to watch different shows. And we'd come home from wherever, and we'd turn on the TV, and my show would be on. I'm the oldest. I get the TV first, right? <laughs> I get the TV first. I'm the oldest. So I turn on, I turn on to whatever I wanted to watch. And of course, of course, they want to watch their show, right? So I leave the f- remote left unattended, mistake number one, seven-year-old AJ, who knows how to work the TV. <laughs> left the remote unattended and went to go get some snacks and realized, oh, shoot, I run back to the living room. And before they can even change the channel, here's the receiver so that they can't even change the channel so that the sensor's not there. We used to fight over stupid stuff all the time. We need to learn how to forgive. We need to learn how to forgive and not let things get to us. We need to learn how to not take things so personal. The world does not revolve around you. Spoiler alert, it's not all about you. We need to learn how to grow thicker skin. In, Col- in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, it says, make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. It says, remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Amen? God knows when we're going to fight. He know, God, God knows everything that's going to happen. He knows when we're going to fight, who we're going to fight with, what it's going to be about. We need to learn how to, how to have a thick skin. Be tenderhearted, because that shows who God is. God has a tender heart, right? 
in Psalm uh, chapter 34, verse, for, verse 14, it says, turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. And in Romans 12, 18, it says, do all that you can to live peace with everyone. We gotta grow that thick skin. We have to learn how to be tender-hearted. Because if we're tender-hearted, then we can intervene. We could bring peace to the table when there's conflict. And let's be honest, here in, in the days that we're in right now, there's not a lot of peace. So as followers of Christ, we need to be that peace. We need to show that there is peace with God because God is not here us with us physically. He lives through us. So we need to be that example. And the third thing we need to do, we need to change our panic mode into a prayer mode. When I read this point, I was like, you're preaching to the choir because I don't know if you guys noticed, but I panic a lot, um, <laughs> which is weird. I've never used to be like that. When I was in school, I used to get in trouble all the time for talking to people. I used to get kicked out of class a lot for talking to people, and now here I am. Um, when, when things go wrong or when I have to go do something, I'm like, oh, me? Really? Me? No. But when we panic, when those curveballs come at us, don't panic. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray. We need to transition that into a prayer mode. Sometimes you might get that call at work if you're at work, your supervisor, your foreman, or your manager. They call you in. Hey, we need to talk. Oh, shoot, man. What is this about? Am I going to get fired? Did I do something wrong? Sometimes the wife or husband will text you, we need to talk. Oh, shoot. This one time, Adri texted me. She texted me that. She said, we need to talk. I was like, ooh, she's going to break up with me. I knew this day would come. I did something wrong. <laughs> I swear she's just a friend. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm kidding. But she did. She texted me one time. She said, we need to talk. And I got scared. I started panicking. What did I do? I messed something up. I hurt her. I failed her. I disappointed her. Something the next time I saw her, do you want Pizza Hut or do you want Domino's? Oh, my gosh. You make me panic for nothing. I don't know. Pick something. Pick something, please. <laughs> Excuse me. When we worry, church, it steals our joy. That's why when we panic, we need to learn how to pray. We need to learn how to just stay still. Breathe. Pray, Lord, this is in your hands. I don't know what's going to happen, but prepare me for it, whatever it is. Worry steals your joy, steals your love, your peace, your patience, your kindness. It steals your goodness, your faithfulness, your gentleness, and your self-control. Panic and worry will send you into the most craziest state of mind because what happens also when we panic, we start to react off of our emotions. We start to assume things. 
But we all know what happens when we assume, right? I'm just going to leave that. We all know what happens when we assume. We, we, we make vast decisions. We react on our emotions, and we end up hurting ourselves in the middle of it, or even worse. We hurt the ones we love. We hurt the ones that we trust when we panic and we assume things. When as quick as it is to just jump to a conclusion and to panic, it's so much easier. And just as quick to just take a moment and breathe and pray, Lord, be at the center of this situation right now. I have no idea what my wife has to say, what my husband has to say, what my boss has to say, my mom my dad, my sister, my brother, I don't know what's going to happen, but I need you here. Give me peace, Lord. In Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, verse 26 and 27, Jesus is, is teaching his, his sermon on the mount, and he says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Is what you're worrying about right now going to help from seeing you, what's in front of you right now, the blessings and the good things that God is doing in your life right now? Why are you so worried when God has already taken care of what's in front of you? Just continue to live and trust that he's going to take care of it. Amen? We need to change our panic mode into a prayer mode. A few weeks ago, on a Wednesday night, you guys probably saw I wasn't here. Um, David prayed for me. I was in the hospital. I was in the ER. I spent all day in the ER. I had this pain in my stomach. Um, it wasn't a nauseous pain um, or anything like that. It was just like the sharp pain. I felt like someone was just standing on my stomach, and, and it hurt. I couldn't move. Um, my mom had to help me uh, get up out of bed, put me in the car, lay down, sit down. She, she was my transportation and I had this pain, and I, I hate going to the doctor. I don't know why. I just hate going to the doctor because I, I, I feel so embarrassed when I go, and, and it's nothing, and then I spend money, and they just send me home with payments. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just hate, I just hate going to the doctor. But I knew, but I just had this feeling. I was like, you know what? This is not normal. I have to go. So I did. I swallowed my pride, and I went. I spent all day from like 8 o'clock in the morning all the way to, I think, like, I don't know, four or five, five in the afternoon in the ER. And with my symptoms, they assumed, um, what is it, appendicitis is what they thought it was. So, of course, that's something you don't mess with, right? So right away, they admitted me. Um, They ran all kinds of blood work and tests and scans. And I was praying. I I called Pastor Mike. I I said, boss, I call him boss. I've always called him boss. I said, boss, don't plan on me being there tonight. I'm in the ER, and I just, I'm not doing good. So don't count on me being there. Have a plan set. He prayed for me. He prayed, Lord, heal him. Lord, heal him. Give the doctors what they need. My mom prayed. She did the same thing. Lord, heal my boy. Give the doctors wisdom. 
Adri prayed for me. And David and you guys also, I watched online. I promise I did. That Wednesday night, you guys even prayed for me here. Thank you for that. They prayed. And I was, and you know, I was thankful. I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And scans came back. Doctor comes and you, you know the doctor is about to waste your time when he goes, Because in his mind, he's thinking, oh, here's another one. I wish I had a gunshot wound or something to make this day a little more exciting. I've been here for 12 hours. <laughs> so he sits down next to me, and he says, well, we looked at the scans, and there's nothing. Um, no signs of appendicitis, no signs of any other type of illness. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with you. Here's some pay meds. Come back if it gets worse. All right, so I, I went home, and I was so mad. I was so mad that there was nothing. I was like, God, why, then why am I in pain, God? Why do I feel like this? I don't feel normal. Why am I in pain? And it didn't hit me till the next day when I was already better. God said this, AJ, why are you asking why I just answered your prayer? Don't you know that I'm still a God of miracles? God said, don't you know that I'm a healer? That I am the way maker and miracle worker and that I will make a way for you? Shut me right on up, I'll tell you that. I ended up thanking God. Thank you, God, that it was not appendicitis and that I still have all my organs inside me. Thank you. (laughs) That's what prayer does church. That's what prayer does. And the last thing that we need to do in order to obtain this peace is we need to focus on the peace of Christ's security. That's, that should be number one, but obviously best for last, right? We need to focus on the peace of Christ's security. Christ, Jesus, promised us peace when he took our sin upon that cross and called us a member of God's family. There is no one else, no other sacrifice, but Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through who? Through him, through me, Jesus. Fear will send you into a panic mode. In Philippians chapter 4, if we look back at what we just read a little bit ago, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 through 9 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I don't know about you, but I think... uh, Christ's work on the cross is worthy of praise, amen? Amen. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. 
which exceeds anything beyond our understanding. In Psalm chapter eight, or chapter four, verse eight, it says, in peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. I'm not gonna lose sleep over the storm that I'm going through right now. I'm not even gonna worry about it. Yeah, it's scary. Don't get me wrong. It's scary. It's, good. it's still gonna be in the back of my mind. But why should I worry? I've already confessed my sins to God. I'm already on his side and he's on mine, so why should I have to worry? Romans says, if God is for us, who can never be against us? John chapter 16, verse 33 says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. This is Jesus speaking. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. See, even Jesus said, life ain't easy. It's not gonna be easy. But take heart because I have overcome Did you know that Jesus needed peace? Jesus, who was God in human flesh, who was so perfect, needed peace? It says in the Bible, in Luke chapter 22, and I love this verse so much because I don't think we understand the humanity, the humanity, the, hum, the human part of Jesus that is spoken in, in, this, in this scripture that comes from Luke chapter 22. This is literally just moments, if not minutes, before Jesus was arrested and persecuted. Jesus, he walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. Jesus praying because he's in a panic mode. He's a, he knows what's about to happen. He knows he's about to get arrested. He knows what's about to go down. He knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Jesus saying, God, if there is any other way that this can be done, then let it happen, God. Because I am scared. I am in a panic because because I did exactly what you told me to do. I lived a perfect life and I'm about to die for other people's sins and they're gonna torture me and I'm gonna die. God, if there's, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. And he says this, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. That was the peace that God gave Jesus. He sent an angel to strengthen him and give him peace that it was gonna be okay, that God was still gonna prosper in the end and that he was gonna win at the end in this storm. I said at the beginning, maybe you just got out of a storm and you're thinking, God, why did I hear this yesterday? Why didn't I hear this a week ago, two weeks ago? Would have just made my situation so much easier. Some of you are smack in the middle of a storm right now. And you need peace. Your boss called. 
Sorry, we're going to start making cuts. Your husband, your wife. I, I, I lost interest. I'm just not feeling it anymore. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. Maybe you, maybe you haven't hit the storm yet, but you see it. You see it coming. You see that storm coming. I'm telling you right now, you're not going to make you're, you're not going to make it anywhere in life if you don't have the peace that God has to offer you. Because, like I said, you can be shaken, but you will not fall. And I want to give you that opportunity tonight. If you have not confessed, if you have not accepted Jesus as your savior tonight, and that's what you need because you're in the storm right now or or you're about to face one or you don't wanna be alone in storms ever again, you need Jesus in your life, I wanna give that to you. Say, that's me, I need Jesus tonight. Then we're all family. But some of you are still holding on. Like I said earlier, you're still holding on to to the secret life, the secret sin. You need to rededicate your life because you've forgotten. You've forgotten that God can offer you peace and you need to rededicate your life and I wanna offer that to you as well. There is hope. You will have peace because you are worthy of his I want to open up the altars before we dismiss tonight. If you need prayer, if you want to rededicate your life, if you need Jesus or you just want to lay something down, the altars are going to be open and we will have prayer partners here up here to pray with you if that is you. If not, I challenge you. I want to challenge you to make that amend with God. Keep that peace. Make that peace and keep it And I promise you, you will not regret it. You will not regret it. No storm will ever bring you down ever again with God's peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that there is peace in you and that there is peace in Jesus Christ. That he made a way to experience that peace that you have to offer, that you want for us so bad. Lord, I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. I don't know what's gonna happen when I walk out of here and I get that text or I get that phone call. Lord, but I know that you're gonna be at the center of it. And Jesus, you're you're the pilot of my boat and you're gonna see me out of this storm. And so for that, I give you my trust. I confess my sins to you. And I invite you into my boat to calm the waves, to calm the wind, to calm the storm, and to see me out of it. I need you in my life, God, right now, in this storm. Lord, and I thank you for everything. I thank you for seeing me through all of life's storms and curveballs that I didn't even recognize you were with me through it all, God. And I thank you for that. And I pray that you would continue to just guide me, guide me through the rest of my life. As long as, as I'm still breathing, God, you are not done with me yet. 
and I thank you for that, God. Lord, I pray blessing over everyone tonight. I pray blessing over Pastor Richard and Pastor Cindy as they're away. We thank you, God, for your word tonight. We thank you, God, for your love, your correction, and your teaching. God, and your reassurance on our life that we are in your hands forever and always. We love you. We thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Church, again, the altars are open. Thank you again for allowing me to bring this message. Thank you, Pastor Richard and the rest of the leadership for able to me to do this. You are dismissed. Thank you, church. about to move.